top of the hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q good evening this is the prime evening news for today month tuesday august 23rd 2022 i'm your presenter for this involvement in the headlines when it happens wherever it economist happens. dr thompson fountain says based on dominica's current socio-economic standing in this global climate economic relief and empowerment of the private sector should be the main priority Trade between Guyana and China reached U.S. $950 million in the first half of 2022 as government and private sectors take steps to engage Chinese investors to secure lucrative investments and partnerships in the future. Only on Q95. And the U.S. has information that Russia will increase its attacks on Ukraine in the week ahead as tensions grew due to the deadly car bombing outside Moscow that killed the daughter of one of Putin's closest allies. The news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of digital details and more on these stories coming up next. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local value for money? We hear you, Dominica. For as low as $5, you can now activate a one-day Digicel Prime bundle and get unlimited Digi2Digi calls. 25 anywhere minutes, 1.5 gigs data to use as you like. Endless social messaging on WhatsApp, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Plus 7 gigs data to use Digicel apps. Activate a Digicel Prime bundle today in my Digicel app or dial. Star 140 and a punky. Digicel, better together. More. More. With Digicel, you always get more. More savings on data, talk, entertainment, and even smartphones. More speed and reliability on our super fast fiber network. More LTE coverage all across Dominica. More value for your money and more rewards too. With Digicel, you get more of all the things you love and more. Dominica, Digicel has been giving you more for 16 years and we will continue to deliver on that promise because you keep us going. More is Digicel. Digicel and Dominica, better together. And welcome back. First off in the news, the leader of the opposition revisited his deliberations at the House of Assembly on Monday in relation to the Money Laundering Act. Mr. Linton stated on Q95 earlier this afternoon that the mannerism of the Speaker of the House followed his trend of interjection during his deliberations and that of other opposition members, which in effect shortstops their content and their time for presentation. Essentially, Linton made a call for stronger enforcement of the Money Laundering Act and for those whose offices hold weight in enforcing the law to ensure that those who commit the crime of money laundering are brought to justice. Linton then raised the question of the commitment of those concerned towards this goal as well as the need to distance themselves from hypocrisy. In this bill, for an act to provide for the amendment of the Money Laundering Prevention Act, Chapter 7303, we're seeking a Section 3, Subsection 3, to increase the penalties for the offense on, con on conviction on indictment. And so fine not exceeding $5 million and imprisonment for a term not exceeding 15 years if the guilty party is a natural person and a fine not exceeding 
$15 million if the guilty party is a body corporate. So, while the amendments are welcomed, the pertinent question is, why aren't we enforcing the existing laws without fear or favor, affection or ill will? Why are we waiting for the Caribbean Financial Action Task Force to be on island, conducting our on-site mutual evaluation for us to have an emergency sitting of the parliament to correct or glaring inadequacies. How serious are we? And if we're serious, what is all the hypocrisy about? What is all the selective investigation and prosecution and conviction for money laundering all about? Are we looking at money laundering for the outside world, but not for ourselves? And uh, are we somehow shielding the real money launderers, for what purpose and to what end exactly? Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to say yesterday in the parliament. And that was the leader of the opposition, Lennox Linton. Based on our current socio-economic standings within this global climate, economic relief and empowerment of the private sector should be the main priority. These recommendations came from economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine speaking on Q95's hot seat earlier today during his analysis of the national budget that was passed recently in Parliament. Dr. Fontaine spoke on the current weakening in the spending power of the dollar based on inflation, which is generally sharpening increasing prices of goods and services in an economy. When the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services. Consequently, inflation corresponds to reduction in the purchasing power of money. Dr. Fountain says as a result of this, the urgent need to strengthen the private sector is paramount. I would have summoned... I would have summoned or brought these small businesses together and say, listen, I'm not going to be punitive to you. I'm going to give you a chance. I, what, I, what, I, what we really want is, to, is for you as a small business to be able to grow your business and to be able to employ individuals, to employ a few more individuals. So how can we help you as a government to increase your employment from, say, now you let's assume on average you have 10 workers. How can we help you to increase that by two or by three or by four? Okay, so we want to help the small owners. Would a, a tax break help? I know it's going to hurt us this year um, if we are, because we need to be collecting more taxes, but we're going to give you a tax break. And we want you to use this tax break to hire an additional worker or two. You know, work with us. We'll work with you as, as business owners. And so what you will in fact be doing as a government is A, you'll be creating goodwill with the business sector. Secondly, you'll be showing your intent uh, to grow the economy and, to, and also to understand that the main driver, the way by which you grow an economy is to allow the private sector to grow and to thrive and to develop. Okay, so you're looking for opportunities for the private sector. And that was economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, Minister of Trade, Commerce, Entrepreneurship, Innovation, Business and Export Development, Ian Douglas, speaking in the House of Assembly on Monday morning, said the act of coming to Parliament is an annual process that must be undertaken so as to ensure that the system not limited to just the Constitution, but also to ensure that banks, financial frameworks and commercial architect is in commodity with the local global expectations.
I was attorney general. I was attorney general a, a number of years ago, and, 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 and before me, Mr. Speaker, and it is a continuous, almost an annual process that we must undergo review to make sure that our systems, not only our laws, you know, our banking systems, our, the, our financial framework, Mr. Speaker, our commercial architecture is in conformity with, with, with global expectations. Otherwise, Mr. Speaker, you are, are, are placed under severe constraints that will, like I said, impede your ability to transact and to conduct business in the international community. And that is what we are trying to do. And as responsible legislators in this honorable house, we should be here in a bipartisan attempt to pass this pieces of legislation and let us move on with the issue of governance. And note I say governance because that is what we are involved with. Douglas added that not because the word opposition is often used, that's not a reason for the members of the opposition to come to the House of Assembly and oppose everything presented to the House of Assembly to be legislated and that they have a responsibility to rise as a statesman. We use the word opposition. It doesn't mean that the opposition have to come here and oppose everything. You have a responsibility to rise as a statesman. There is a time for playing politics on the platform and at the grassroots level. But when we come here, Mr. Speaker, it is expected that we will rise to the occasion and we will lead our constituents, and which is the nation. And that is what we are trying to do here. And, and I'm not saying that the members of the opposition or even members of government cannot um, point out um, issues that may result in uh, constructive criticism that we can take on board even at the committee stage and perhaps amend the bill to make it stronger, Mr. Speaker. But when we go in into um, 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 irrelevancies like Monfarad, Mr. Speaker, but it, that opens the door for us on this side, Mr. Speaker, to speak about issues. Trade Minister Ian Douglas, host of Q95's Kingdom Connection, Pastor Randy Rodney, stated on the program last evening that what had him discombobulated from his karma was when he read the release from the government on the Dominican News Online sites. It stated that the government increases subsidy on petroleum products. The thing that had me mesmerized in my thought, or maybe discombobulated from my calm is that the release from government says that the government in fact the report from Dominican News Online says that the government of Dominica increases subsidy on petroleum products and then I realized it was not the DNO that used that word, but that was actually in the correspondence from the ministry. Pastor Rodney added that individuals who know him should be aware that he does not take the word of other people for gospel and went on to the dictionary to look up the word subsidy. He went on to say that based on the definition received, that's not the intention of the government. Now, you all know me very well. I just don't like to take what people say as gospel. And I am slow sometimes, so I went to the dictionary to get the meaning of the word subsidy. 
And the dictionary tells me that a subsidy is a sum of money granted by the state or a public body to help an industry or business keep the price of a commodity or service low. So the primary application I'm getting from this and what I used to know when I served in the insurance industry is that the government would pay an amount that's a subsidy. They dole it out. They give it. So in the U.S. and uh, in the U.K., when farmers felt that their insurance premiums had gone up, the government would pay a certain percentage of the premium, and that is called a subsidy. But that's not what our government is doing. Our government says that the price has increased, and all they do is they taking a little less money than they were taking. And that was the host of the Kingdom Connection program, Pastor Randy Rodney. And still in the local news, Prime Minister Skerritt claims the regional and international community is continuing to applaud his government for its steadfastness towards the amendment of three pieces of legislation to strengthen systems in the fight against money laundering and financing of terrorism. These are the Money Laundering Prevention Amendment Bill, the Proceeds of Crime Amendment, and Suppression of Financing of Terrorism Bill. We've always recognized, we've always recognized our, our responsibilities as a government. You know, I have had exchanges of words with the OECD and the European Union publicly in what I consider to be their insensitive approach to engaging us, us former colonies. And I want to commend them today for reacting in a positive way to our criticisms. And today, the OECD and the European Union have been approaching this engagement with respect, mutual respect. And I, so I want to say to my friend, the head of mission in Barbados, thank you very much for communicating our very strong message to the European Union. I also want to place on record in this parliament, Dominica's thanks to CIFATEF for their continued advice, guidance, and technical support in assisting us in our efforts to strengthen all of our security apparatus, whether it's legislation, whether it's um, training, whether it is um, uh, capacity building, they have been very helpful in this regard. Mr. Skerritt added that it is important to look at the creation of one umbrella legislation that could be standardized across the global space. Because this is a movement. We have come to Parliament numerous times, numerous times, to make amendments to legislation to play our part in protecting our country and protecting the global space. They sometimes appear to be nuisances, but they are important. And so, very well, we may come back here in a few months' time to make further amendments. Because the reality is, in all defense to CFATF and the European Union, OECD, and to the National Advisory Committee, this is a moving target. The world is a dynamic world. Things which confronted investigative units 10 and 15 and 20 years ago, times have changed in society. A day is a long time. And so we have to continue reviewing, assessing, evaluating, 
and to see where we have to make changes to strengthen our legal framework, to strengthen our capacity, to strengthen or improve our training so that our people who are involved and on the front line have the knowledge and the skills and the competences to counteract those actions of money laundering and criminal activity in our country. And that was Prime Minister Roosevelt's character. It is obvious that the issue of increased crime and violence in Dominica is a fact, not simply a perception. We cannot imprison our way out of the Lima, for one thing, asserts Justin's Irvin Andre. He laments that the methods we employ or try to instill do not address the fundamental underlying issues. Therefore, we must adopt a holistic approach to this issue of crime and violence violence in Dominica communities. There's one thing we can't do. We can't jail our way out of this problem. We can't simply incarcerate those who are charged with significant offenses because quite frankly, that doesn't address the fundamental and underlying problems. We have to adopt a holistic approach to this question of crime and violence. We have to ask ourselves what are the factors that engender antisocial behavior? Is it um, individual pathology? Is it that there's just a few bad apples? Is it that the people who are just bad? Or is it the influence of perverse factors in the community imported perhaps by persons in positions of authority that are basically taking advantage of those lesser beings the uh, the low-lying fruit of the criminal justice system as it were and uh, causing this perpetual stream of problems dr andre wonders whether we have strayed from our core principles and ask what kind of leadership culture are we cultivating in our society do we promote a culture where people live for one another rather than alongside each other he asked, is the ability to swindle your way into unsustainable leadership positions a measure of success? Um, have, we um, have we deviated from our value system? If we have, why have we done so? What is the type of culture of leadership that we engender in our society? Do we engender a culture where you live on each other as opposed to with each other? Do you engender a culture where it becomes a dog-eat-dog society? Do you engender a culture where success is defined by the basis of the size of the house that you live in, by the quality of the watch that you wear, and by the brand of clothing that you buy? Is success measured by the fact that you can cheat your way into perpetual leadership positions? And that was Justice Dr. Irvin Andre. With all the decisions surrounding the youth being the future, if there are no contingencies in place for them, then we have failed them. These remarks are from economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, who shared his professional and personal analysis of the recently concluded national budget debate, as well as the current standards of our youth within our increasingly agonous economic society. He says with the rise in youth fleeing the country, the natural consequence is loss in workforce and societal brain drain. 
It should not be a case where the only choice that the young people of this country feel is to live the country. And I think if that's the only choice that we give our young people, then we failed this young people. And, and I know, you know, we, we talk a lot about the, the youth being the future and all the rest of it. We need to be able to create these conditions and these opportunities for the young people of Dominica. And there is ample resources in Dominica that can allow us to do so. But as one caller rightly said, it goes back to the leadership and who we put our trust in to lead us forward. Dr. Fontaine comported the facts with possible opportunities within the agricultural sector that could increase the value of fresh produce and generate much needed employment. Okay. The real value to agriculture is in adding value to it. And the way you do that is that you process. So the same mangoes, yes, you eat some fresh, but you process these mangoes into juice. So whereas one mango can probably sell for a dollar, if the same mango is turned into juice, it can probably sell for $5. So just in this adding value, you've already changed the value of a, of a mango from a dollar to $5 by simply subjecting this mango to some processing. Okay, so that's the kind of thing that I think the government of Dominica needed to concern itself with and any government coming should be looking to do. You know, that is how you create new opportunities. Not everybody wants to go or to subject themselves to the realities of agriculture, having to face the rain and, you know, the hard work in the hot, in the hot sun of, you know, planting, weeding, you know, fertilizing, all the rest of it. But there are people who will gladly put on their nice clothes and go to a factory to work. There are people, there are people who will gladly do the accounting and do the computer graphics and the advertising and the promotions and so on for those goods. So, you know, you can really do and employ a whole range of people in a whole range of different disciplines if you do a focus on agriculture that is smart, agriculture that is geared towards adding value, and agriculture that is meant to truly creating sustainable jobs. Economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine. In other news, an estimated amount of U.S. $950 million was an estimated trade between Guyana and China for the first half of 2022 as the government and private sector take steps to engage Chinese investors in a bid to secure lucrative investment and partnerships in the future. Speaking at the virtual China-Guyana Investment Opportunities Seminar held on Monday evening, Vice Chairman of the China Council for the Promotion of International Trade, Zhang Shanggang, said the trade so far this year represents a total of 2.23% increase in trade between the two countries. In 2021, trade between Guyana and China stood at US $710 million, and the CCP official said that of the nearly 1 billion US trade so far this year, Chinese imports from Guyana totaled US $720 million, as confirmed by Chinese Customs Authority. Chief Executive Officer of Guyana's 
Office for Investment, Dr. Peter Ramdrup said the country's diversification plans met the investors can choose their investment opportunities from a wide array of sectors, while the vice president of the private sector commission, Ryan Alexander, said recent legal developments in Guyana should not dissuade Chinese investors from getting into the market. And the U.S. State Department is saying that they have information that Russia will increase its attack on Ukraine this week ahead as tensions are growing even higher because of a deadly car bombing outside Moscow that killed one of Putin's closest allies and that Russia government is blaming Ukraine for this action, stating that on a video that is circulated showing an agent from Ukraine was involved. However, Ukraine denies such claims, saying that it makes no sense to them. A memorial service in Moscow for Daria Dugina, killed instantly when her car blew up on the outskirts of the capital. The Kremlin has blamed Ukraine for the hit, claiming to have solved the case within 24 hours and releasing video of a suspect they call a Ukrainian agent. But Kiev has vigorously denied any involvement. Dugina's father, Alexander Dugin, is a vocal supporter of the war. Now the violence against Ukraine he has long campaigned for has entered his own life. Dubbed Putin's brain, it's believed he was the intended target. It's unclear what the motive is, but former Kremlin politician Ilya Ponomarov, who was forced into exile after voting against the annexation of Crimea, claims it's the work of an underground Russian resistance group that he's been in direct contact with. And what is their ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to overthrow Putin and to stop the war and to build the, the government uh, of social justice. He said as many as 10,000 people could be involved in this resistance. Do you think we will see more of this kind of thing? Obviously. Obviously. It's just the beginning. Ukraine, however, is bracing itself for revenge attacks. The country was already on edge ahead of tomorrow's Independence Day, which coincides with the six-month anniversary of Russia's invasion. Regardless of who masterminded the bomb, there are fears that Russia will use it as an excuse to wrap... And that was the prime evening news, but first a recap of the headlines. Top of the hour news. Economist Dr. Thompson Fountain says, based on Dominica's current socio-economic standing in this global climate, economic relief and empowerment of the private sector should be the main priority. And trade between Guyana and China reached U.S. $950 million in the first half of 2022 as government and private sector take steps to engage Chinese investors to secure lucrative investments and partnerships in the future. And the U.S. has information that Russia will increase its attack on Ukraine in the week ahead as tensions grew due to a deadly car bombing outside Moscow that killed the daughter of one of Putin's closest allies. The news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of Digicel. I've been your presenter, Ferris Vamon. Q, top of the hour news. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens, local, regional, and global, only on Q95, the 